amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coffee in the Word. I'm Sherry Poundstone, your host. This morning we are going to be in Becoming a Woman of Character, Lessons 11 and 12. These are the last two lessons in this 12-week Bible study that I released last summer. If you have not purchased your book, you can get it on Amazon. So just look up Becoming a Woman of Character by Sherry Poundstone. Again, it's a 12-week study. It is designed for you to go through on your own or in a group. It can be either one. And if you decide to uh, do the study, please contact us at info at focuswomen.org or find us on Facebook, Focus International. And we can connect you with a Facebook group so that you can discuss, ask questions, um, and just really um, get into conversation with women who are doing study also. Well, I want to pray and get going this morning. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you as I always do. I'm in awe of the technology and the opportunity that you've given me. I ask that you move me out of the way and speak through me this morning. I ask that you would prepare hearts and ears to hear what we have to to teach this morning and that only you would come through in Jesus' name. Well, I want to talk about um, Lesson 11 that is very important. It's becoming a woman of character through our words. You know, our words are so critical. They are so important. And you may have heard a lot of teachings on this. You may have done a lot of study on this particular area. But I think as we relate it to character and building our character, it becomes more real for us. I want to start by reading scripture from James 1. And I'm going to read James 1, 19 through 21. And it says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. We are to listen first and then speak. It says we are to be slow to anger. And you've probably heard that saying that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. I think that's really profound. It may sound like a silly little quip that people say, but let's just think about it. You have two ears. And we have one mouth for a reason. When we talk more than we listen, we are communicating to others that our, our, our ideas and, and what we have to say is much more important than theirs. So James is telling us to reverse this process, isn't he? So first we notice it says to be quick to listen. So to be quick to listen not only means not to start talking when others are, but also be there to listen when others are going through problems or simply listen because it's polite and kind. Now, what we say and what we don't say are both important. Saying the right things at the right time is equally important to not saying things that we should not say. An uncontrolled tongue includes gossip, bragging, manipulation, tearing each other down. I mean, there's so many things, lying, complaining. All of these things are damaging, and they are not building anything up. James is comparing the damage from the tongue to a fire in James 3, verse 6, and it says this, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Wow. So Satan uses the tongue, or our words, to divide people, destroy relationships, spread destruction within a group of people. And, you know, we cannot take back words 
spoken, even if we apologize. The words are still out there. We can be forgiven, we can apologize, and we can repent, but the words are still hanging out there. Nothing can be done to cancel them out. We can, however, pray that the damage done by our words can be neutralized. So before we speak anything, we should remember that words are like fire. Okay, let's go with that because remember James says the tongue is like fire. So words are like fire. We can either control them um, and think about what we're saying or just let it go. And the damage is uh, great because it's a fire. It can burn things that it can burn up a spirit. It can burn up a, someone's emotions. And so only God can heal uh, wounds that are from words spoken and we have to ask him for that help. So as human beings, we're not going to control our tongue on our own. We must allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. And this is something I always say. I, I mentor a lot of women. I teach a lot of spaces. And one of the things that is often comes up is I can't really control what I say. Yes, we can with the help of the Holy Spirit. None of this we can do on our own, right? We're, we're just at, um, at his mercy. We really need to have God guide us and help us and make us aware of what we're saying before we say it. So our speech can either be right and pleasing to God or it can be destructive, it can be bitter, and we have to make a choice to bless and not curse with our mouth. And we always need Holy Spirit's help in this. So a woman of character, let's go back to that. How are we a woman of character through our words? Well, a woman of character does not gossip and is aware of the impact of her words. Now, I teach on gossip a lot, and those of you who've been listening to me for a while will probably go, oh, here she goes again. Yeah, that's right. Here I go again, because gossip is so damaging. The dictionary says gossip is idle talk or rumor, especially about the private or personal affairs of another person. It's just so destructive. Friendships have been destroyed because of gossip. Reputations have been damaged, and and uh, relationships completely completely destroyed. In Proverbs 11, 13, it says, a gossip goes around telling secrets that those who are trustworthy can keep the confidence. We don't want to give our trust away. We don't want to look at someone and say, please trust me. Oh, but by the way, I'm going to gossip and I'm going to gossip to you because I think you've probably seen that or heard that saying. Um, if they'll gossip to you, they'll gossip about you. That's very, very true. So we want to be women of character who are trusted. Well, we're not going to be trusted if we are expected to repeat everything we hear, which is gossip. And uh, I've heard so many times people say, well, they didn't say I couldn't tell anyone. Really? Okay, let's get real. If someone's confided in us on a personal or a sensitive matter, it could be money, finances, relationships, it could be anything. And if that person trusts us enough to confide in, it should be assumed that is to remain confidential. And I really believe that this one piece right here, if we just did this, if everyone just assumed that anything that was told to us in confidence was confidential and didn't repeat it, we would have we'd make great strides in destroying this, this whole cycle of gossip that we have in our culture. I want to call that implied confidentiality. You know, no one said don't tell, but it's implied because I am sharing something with you or you're sharing something with me and the please don't share doesn't need to be said. All right, so here's the thing. No matter what we think our motive is, sharing something that has been told to us in confidence is gossip. The only exception is in the uh, case of a self-danger, abuse, or some kind of life-threatening situation, in those cases you would need to seek appropriate help. So I'm not saying that there aren't times when you must go to someone, but in general it would need to be a life-threatening or uh, uh, someone is in trouble, 
um, in danger, rather. So I'm often asked, but what if it's true? What if I'm saying it's absolutely true in fact? Or what if it's harmless? Or what if it's about someone that I don't even know? The bottom line is it may not be true. If we didn't personally experience it, if we did not personally speak with that person and they told us personally, then we really don't know the facts, even if we think we do, even if it appears that we do. Proverbs 25.18 says, Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. I love Proverbs because it really doesn't mess around, does it? So what are axes and swords and sharp arrows designed to accomplish? Well, they're designed to hurt us, to destroy us, or to kill us. So do we really want to do these things to another person? And better yet, do we want them done to us? Repeating third-party gossip is often false testimony. There's always two sides to every story, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So we don't want to repeat anything that we do not know. We don't want to repeat anything that was given to us in confidence. And for sure, if you hear it from a third party, you really have no idea what's true and what's not. And what if that is an axe or a sword or a sharp arrow that's going to destroy a person? Proverbs 17, 4 says, Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip and liars pay close attention to slander. Here's the bottom line. Don't listen to gossip and don't listen to slander. Don't believe everything you hear. Now, I am often wondering what is so attractive about this gossip thing because it is so rampant in our culture. Well, I think that sometimes knowing what others are doing or what you're doing or takes away from the focus of what you're doing or your problem, my problem. So I think that what we need to understand is there is no good reason to ever do it and we need to recognize what is so attractive attractive about it. Because I've had a lot of people say, you know, I grew up in this kind of culture. I grew up in gossip culture. It's what you did for entertainment. It's what you did for fun. Okay, so what's so attractive? Well, it could, again, take us away from our own problems. I think sometimes it gives us an opportunity to judge. And um, there is such danger in gossip that I wonder if that danger isn't attractive to us sometimes. You know, and then there's boredom. You know, sometimes we just think it's exciting to hear about what's going on with others. So how do we avoid this? Because I'm asked this a lot. Because if you have friends, neighbor, church, work, you're going to be surrounded by people who will try to engage you in gossip. So what's the practical application here? Because a woman of character is not going to gossip and understands that her words are powerful. Well, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to make us aware and alert us to gossip. Because again, I think sometimes it's so accepted in our culture and in our circle of friends and and circle of work, whatever it might be, that uh, we don't even notice it. So we need to ask them to help us be aware and then we can make that choice not to engage. And when the topic turns to a discussion about a particular person, if that person is not there, don't participate in the conversation. Now, we don't always have to be rude with this. You can remove yourself from the situation very politely. You can simply not engage. In other words, if it's a group and you can't get out of it, you can't uh, leave, just don't engage. And, and I have seen this work many times. If someone is trying to engage me in gossip and I just, smile or just quiet and don't ask anything back and don't make a comment, then it will die down. Because the whole thing of gossip is, let me tell you something juicy about somebody and hear what you have to say about it. Or to see what kind of opinion you now have of that person. So if we don't say anything. Now listen, I want to say this, really important. If we find ourselves a victim of gossip, we are not to repay an evil act with an evil act of our own. You know, in Romans 12:19, the Lord says, it's mine to avenge. 
The Lord may have us take some action in some way. There, there may be something we need to do, but we should only do that when we're specifically instructed to do so after we have prayed. Do not pay back gossip with gossip. So if someone does come after you, if someone has slandered you, if someone has said something that is completely untrue and you know it, pray and ask the Lord which direction to take, but don't um, immediately engage in gossip about that person. All right, there's much more we could say about words, but with our time limit today, I'm going to move on to the very last lesson in Becoming a Woman of Character, and it's Lesson 12 called Allowing God to Work. You know, we've done 11 lessons now on what building character in certain areas looks like and how we do it. Okay, so I I probably said every single lesson, please pray, ask the Lord to help you. Then what we have to do is allow God to work. This is going to build our character by allowing him to change anything in us that we need uh, to be changed. So to become a woman of strong character, we have to allow God to prune off the dead, destructive behaviors, thoughts, actions, any kind of pattern that we might be following. And pruning means cutting off to produce good fruit, right? Pruning can hurt and it can be uncomfortable. But if we recognize what pruning is, in other words, the cutting away of the bad stuff, then it becomes tolerable because we can see and understand why God needs to do that. So allowing God to work, allowing him to cut out the things that he doesn't want there so that good fruit can grow is a process. And the very first place we start is, again, to choose to pursue this process of becoming a woman of character. Free will allows us to choose the path we're going to take every day. We have tons of free will choices every day, but choose to pursue this process. The next thing is get humble. Remember how the Lord God um, has worked in your life, done miracles in your life, changed you in different ways, and humble yourself and say, Lord, I know that you can do this, and I turn this over to you. Then we need to allow him to work. You know, allow him to do that pruning. And sometimes during the pruning process, we always go to the fact that he's going to prune away the things we don't want or the things we don't like. Well, guess what? There's times when he's going to prune away things that we absolutely think we should have or we should still be in. In other words, it could be um, a job or a ministry or a relationship that we think, hey, this is okay. God's saying, no, I need to prune this away. I need to get you out of this so that I can um, work in your life so that I can build more. And then the last thing is change our thinking. You know, changing our thinking will change our behavior. And I always say that thoughts equal words and words equal actions. And actions always have an outcome. And the actions and the outcome will reflect our character. So we need to know that the fruit we're producing is good. And, And we need to understand that if it's not glorifying God, if what we are producing in our character does not glorify God, then we have to be willing to submit that to God and allow him to take anything away that does not glorify him. And that could be, again, something that we believe is good or something we should we think we should be doing. All right, and that's coming to the end of my time. I wanted to just say, be sure in both lessons, 11 and 12, go to the Live It Out section, answer those questions. If you're in a group, discuss these questions with each other and then look up all of the scriptures at the end of each lesson. And be sure and pray and ask the Lord to show you in all of these areas, everything we've talked about in this series, 
Lord, help me. Where do I need to improve? What would you like to remove from my life? What would you like me to see? What uh, what areas am I gossiping or listening? Or are my words encouraging? Or are they uh, tearing down? You know, what, there's so much that God can show us. So go to him, humble yourself, and ask him to help you. And um, and he will. And you will become a woman of stronger character. And you guys, this is an ongoing process. Nobody gets there perfectly. This is a process that we're following. All right. Well, I'm at the end of my time. I want to thank you for listening, and I will talk with you next week. Goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.